Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Let's talk magic. Our special guest, Alex Kazemi, is a cultural deprogrammer and author. His book is called Pop Magic. He's also a pop artist and creative director. His work has been featured on Apple Music, Dazed, ID, Playboy at the time, Resident Advisor, King Kong, V Magazine, and so many others. Alex, welcome to the program. Hey, man. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Magic. How'd you get involved in this? Um, well, magic is something that I started to practice when a spirit came to me when I was 21 years old, and Ooh. I was in a darker place, and I kind of told me about magic and to research witchcraft, and I was just, that's, that's kind of how it started. Tell us about this spirit visit. Um, it was just kind of like an entity who kind of visited me in, in a dream, and, and, and I was in a really dark place, and it, and it was like, you know... Research witchcraft, start to find out about magic, and, mm-hmm. and that really changed everything for me. And at that time, did you decide to? I guess you went the right direction, right? Oh yeah, it changed everything for me. It felt like a reconciliation with um, something that a part of myself that I felt like I, I had to discover or, or or that was hidden that I had to reveal, and it was so special when I found it. You spell magic M-A-G-I-C-K. Tell me about that K. Uh, well, magic with a K is, is, is different than stage magic. Magic with a K is, is actual magic that you can use to manifest and change your life. So magic, I would define magic as the art and science of bending reality in accordance with your true will. And it's an interesting way to do it like that, too, because it's, it's more mystical that way with a K at, at the end. Yes, and and I think when you discover it, there's something so enchanting about it, too. You know, magic with a K, it feels like a secret. It feels yeah. like something occult, and, and it can be so exciting when you start to practice magic. And it really, it really feels like opening up a portal to a different world, really. Now, what is pop magic? Well, pop magic is a term that I created um, as a response to the current cultural climate and occult climate. I've seen that in the past few years, magic has been talked about in the mainstream, whether it's celebrities talking about it on Twitter or Netflix's Sabrina, and even the occult community, uh, they sell spells on Patreon, and witches teach magic on YouTube, and I just, I just saw so much discussion about magic, and I wanted to create a practical guide that I wish existed when I first started practicing. And didn't this kind of magic open up the door for you to meet a lot of people uh, of uh, that we would call superstars of our day? Yes, it, it, it did. And, you know, it's very strange. I was talking about it with Fiona Horn, the, the feeling of being inside of a, a spell when you visualize it and you see it in your head and, and it's happening in reality. It's so bizarre when it's happening. But, yes, that did happen for me. Fiona's the good witch. We really think the world of her. She's a good person. Yeah, she's so amazing. She's so cool. Did you meet Taylor Swift and Madonna? Uh, I met Taylor Swift, yeah. And uh, I got Madonna's attention through a, a piece of art that I created. She commented on it on Instagram. But um, I, I've, I've, I've been to her concert and hung out uh, in VIP there, so that was really cool. Do you think, Alex, there's still some groups and individuals practicing black magic? Yes, uh, black magic does exist. I would say that magic doesn't have a a color, but there are people who are using magic with negative intentions, people in power, corporations, 
uh, even groups in Hollywood, I would say. Uh, there's definitely evil magic out there. Does it work for them? Um, yeah. I mean, they, because oh, there's boy. low vibrational entities who are willing to work with, with people who have that darker intention, and they want to feed off of that, and that, that's available. That, that evil supply of entities are available for people who want to practice black magic, and it, and it is dangerous. Do you think good magic always outwins the, the bad kind? Well, I think in, in one's reality, they should be practicing the best kind of magic for, for their goals. Um, and I, I think, I would hope that good magic would fight back black magic or bad magic, but um, it, it's kind of hard to define because of how, how chaotic magic is and ambiguous. It's not simple. Alex, how have you used magic in your life so far? Um, well, I've used magic to advance my career, to to accomplish, you know, my dreams. I use magic to be here talking to you right now. So really, you put a spell on me, didn't you? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I pretty yeah, I, I visualized being here talking to you well, just like this. So I, I guess I guess I did do a spell. That's cool. How about in health related issues and things like that? Oh yeah, well, um, I, I I had cancer when I was a young teenager, oh uh, like preteen, and um, you know this was the time where I was practicing magic unconsciously, but I had such a positive willpower in my mind to believe that I would survive it, and and that was kind of one of my first experiences with magic, and and the people around me who were older were kind of shocked how I had such a will, and if, you know, magic is a lot about will and having a lethal will to to get to your goal and to accomplish something. Can we ask what kind of cancer you had as a teenager? Um, Yeah, I had Burkitt's lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And you beat it. Good for you. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. It's almost yeah, 10 years. Yeah, way, way, way long ago. Yeah. Tell us, tell us the techniques you used. Uh, with magic? Yeah. I um, mean, did you go through conventional medicine at the same time? Oh, well, yeah. I, I used chemotherapy, and um, I had a great oncologist who was helping me, but I, I used a lot of uh, visualization. I just kind of believed that I would I would get out of there, that, yeah. I, would, I, that, it would, that I would survive. Very positive, people. weren't you? Yeah, yeah. When people were telling me that I was dying, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live. How... Would you recommend magic to somebody who's brand new? What would you say to them? Well, I think for a first-time spell or a ritual in our current cultural climate, I would want people to do a protection spell or a protection ritual on themselves because there's so many, uh, so much energies that people are engaging with all the time with their phone notifications and social media feeds. And I think to have a clearer head, you should do a protection ritual. And to do that, uh, you visualize barriers of white light surrounding you. Interesting. Could you give us a few little uh, techniques? Well, uh, to start out with, like, a protection ritual, I would say, you know, grab some water and get some salt and put, put it in the water and visualize white light surrounding you. And, and when you feel like a feeling of ready, being ready to burst, I just put the water on you, spill it on yourself, and then there you hmm. go. The protection should start to work. If somebody's been cursed, yes. would you use magic to fight it? Hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, do you know of the evil eye curse? Have you heard of the evil eye? The evil eye. Now, I've heard of the evil eye, but I'm not sure about the curse, but tell us about it. 
Yeah, well, the evil eye curse is, you know, known in a lot of mystic systems like Kabbalah and Christianity and, and other other type of religions, but um, it's very common. It's when you're talking negatively about someone and they they're, they possibly get sick or something like that. So it's kind of uh-huh. a, a way to reverse that would be to do things like protection. And I think you can fight back black magic with white magic and, and light magic for sure. It's interesting how it works. Do you have to believe in it for it to work for you? See, I I would say it's it's difficult because I think it works regardless of belief. It bypasses belief. It takes over, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's happening regardless if someone is cynical of it, regardless if someone doesn't believe in it. Magic is happening all the time, and people are using it. So believing in it makes it more of a fun experience when you're practicing it. Obviously, it's it's more of an enjoyable experience. But uh, I know some some magical practitioners, including myself, would say belief doesn't always have to be in your head to make it work because it's gonna because it's because it's powerful to act in itself doing it is powerful do you have to be very spiritual for it to work oh i think you emotion is a big aid into magic you know learning how to convert your your feelings and to use alchemy to to direct it towards a ritual or turning a negative feeling into a good feeling um, and, and being in touch with your feelings and emotions. Uh, I think being a spiritual person in today's world is a, is a good re- response to a lot of the, you know, spiritual poverty and chaos that we have around us. You know, there's a lot of disconnection. I feel like we live in like an apocalyptic state today. Yeah, a lot of people are just uh, very angry these days. Maybe this is something they need to help overcome that. Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't, condone people, you know, keyboard slamming on Twitter and talking to themselves in an echo chamber. I think, you know, the kind of magic that I'm advocating for is to alchemize your emotions and feelings and what we could be considered negative emotions into a higher outlet and doing something actual practical and productive with it. Tell me about transcendental meditation. You seem to be very, very into it. And the David Lynch Foundation gave me uh, a course that changed my life. And I definitely think TM and magic are connected because TM helps you clear your mind. And a lot of people who first start practicing magic feel like they can't uh, empty their mind to visualize something for an end result. So when you practice TM and you reach that state of emptying your mind and clearing your your head, it can help your, your magic as well. But what I love about TM is that it gave me the internal peace that I was searching for outside of myself when I struggled with things like addiction. Mm-hmm. And, and TM showed me that light was within me the whole time. So it was a little frustrating also. Why do so many people, Alex, kind of take magic the wrong way? They think it's black magic. They think there are evil witches. And, you know, some of that does happen. But, I mean, they initially think magic is more occultish than I think it is. Yeah, I think that's from from society creating fear and propaganda and um, probably from... Christianity and the Bible uh, being a part of what modern society is. And I think that a lot of magical people would tell you that it isn't inherently evil or bad. And a lot of people are conditioned. I think maybe society conditions people that magic is evil so that they don't use it to change their life and to, so that more people who use it can control you. Now talk about that for a little bit more when you talk about control. Well, I think 
um, corporations and, and advertisers are um, exploiting lower instincts in people to get get them to give up their magical energy. And I think that that's a type of control that goes on in our culture. And I think um, we live in a time where people are trying to hijack our emotions and our thoughts. And I see that a lot in occult literature, and I think that corporations and advertisers are, are using magic and occult literature against us. And we can be a part of the reversal process by doing magic and protecting ourselves and focusing on this, getting all of that out of our mind and raking, raking what's been conditioned into us outside of our mind. Is that what you call cultural deprogramming? I would say cultural deprogramming to me would be, you know, actually getting off of social media, you know, trying to find out who you are um, outside of what I call the simulation, the matrix, you know, the virtual reality world where you are feeling Armageddon feelings over things that you saw on Twitter rather than paying attention to the people around you and, and focusing on your goals. Um, I think there's a lot to a lot of constructs that society creates that you should rake through your mind and deprogram and give it back to society because it doesn't belong to you. You are not a booster of social media, are you? No, no, I'm very anti-social media, which some people are shocked by because, you know, the industry that I've worked in and because um, I'm a millennial, but I, I, I definitely think that it, I see, I'm seeing it destroy some great minds and great artists of my generation. A lot of them want to tweet about their ideas and not execute them. It's very dark. And is it dangerous in your opinion? I would say it is dangerous because I think it's about addiction. I mean, social media is based off of Las Vegas slot machine culture. They want you to be in the virtual reality for as much time as they can so that you aren't doing productive things with your goals and accomplishing things. They want you stuck in a VR headset, virtual reality. I don't know why. Maybe so that they can control you more and, and make you submissive when I think you, if you walk away from that, that's a, that's a very rebellious statement in our world. You know, that would be the counterculture is fighting against social media. Would you turn the clock back, Alex, if we had that ability to do it all over again? back to like the 90s <laughs> way back <laughs> uh i i i think you know yeah i mean i don't think i mean there, there's been positive elements about social media right with activism and um rose mcgowan is a great example of that you know with with the activism she did with the weinstein trial and i think um but i do think that people abuse it and abuse social media and it, it and we and it's it's a part of why we're in like a dystopian climate for sure have you, since you've been practicing uh, this kind of magic, pop magic, have you felt a difference with yourself? Oh, 100%. I mean, I... I, I night and I day, think, isn't it? Yeah, night and day. And I think, you know, um, if we as human beings have an innate desire to connect to spirituality, and when we don't use that... Um, and we reach out to things outside of ourselves, like consumerism or addiction, and, and I think that magic facilitates this desire to connect to the upper world and to spirituality, but, and it also changes who you are because it, it, it brings something like a new layer of consciousness into your life. You know, it's almost like becoming awake and you can't go back to sleep once you start to pay attention to these synchronicities and the, the rhythms of nature. You know, you can't, you can't unlearn that stuff. 
Tell me about these entities you've dealt with, good <laughs> and bad, right? Oh, yeah. Well, in my earlier days, um, I, I had a, a lot of entities, you know, drag me around the house, say my name. You know, there's been times where I, just in daylight I was, like, sitting, and I went into sleep paralysis. And oh, my God. An entity said my name, and I, I was pretty freaked out. And it was around the time when, I, when Marilyn Manson first was, came into my life, and so I feel like he has some lower vibrational things stuck to him, you know. Oh, um, maybe they followed him? Yeah, no, of course. I no, I mean he's definitely haunted and paranormal for for sure. Like very bizarre situations uh, happened when I was engaging with him, but there were beautiful entities also like angels, you know. I also am a huge advocate um and I talk about it in the book is you know invent your own gods and goddesses, invent your own angels. Don't follow the dogmatic, you know, uh witch books or occult books, you know. I believe that spirits um are entities doing drag. Interesting take. Can can you be physically hurt by some of these entities? I think I've seen situations where, you know, young girls might discover the Satanic Bible, and, you know, they might do a spell to sell their soul to Satan and wake up with flies everywhere, and then they might, you know, start to work with a demon, and then suddenly and it's too late. a fetish, and... And I, I think, yeah, I think you could, you they could hurt you, but it, it's it has to happen in our world, in the material world. What do you think of Ouija boards? <laughs> I mean, I, I I played with them when I was younger, but uh-huh. I, I've heard some creepy stories about them. What do you? Are I, you I think they open. I think they open up portals to the other I side. Agree. You got to be right. really careful with those things. You're right. You know, and even though a lot of people think, as I do, you know, it's a piece of cardboard or something like that, a little bit of wood, but uh, I think it opens up all kinds of doors. Exactly. Bad wow, doors. you're right. It's it's like this. It's like they see it as a cue, right? Because if yeah. they're watching and they see that we're playing with it's, it, it's an invite. It's a cue. It's an invite. Yeah, very true. And in they come. Yes, they do. Yeah. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.